We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Krafchick, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. This has been a very monumental weekend, I guess. Monumental? Is that a good word for it? <laughs> I don't know. What's the definition of monumental? Like big but and it, exciting? Was it big and exciting? It too? was like, big. It, it was it was definitely big and exciting because it was the first time I went to a restaurant to have oh, a sit-down yeah. meal in the last three months. Wow. Wow. I still haven't done it yet. I went to a park with some friends this weekend, which was really nice, but I haven't taken the next bridge to go to the restaurants yet, but they just opened this week, at least where we are. Yeah. So outdoor seating only. We went to San Jose, uh, Santa Cruz and Los Gatos this weekend. And it was a kind of crazy because like everyone's out because they've been, you know, they have cabin fever. Yeah. Everything's contactless, so you scan a QR code to get your menu, so you don't have to share menus. You sit down, you're like definitely far away from everyone. All the restaurants have some sort of like tenting or something outside, so they can capitalize on outdoor seating. Everybody had masks on. They really sanitized all the tables and napkins, and you know everything is like clean, 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 except. What I was telling Julie earlier was they still offer shared plates, which is yeah. still kind of icky to me. So we went out to eat brunch with some friends and we ordered guacamole and it's like in the middle of the table and everyone's reaching for the same stuff. I don't know. I That I couldn't deal with. Yeah, I'm like easing back into seeing people, which I'm excited to see you this week, UA. Finally, Yay! we'll be reunited. <laughs> Finally. We were supposed to see each other last week, but then I got cold feet because I went to the protest and I was afraid of 
of, you know, just if it had something I wasn't aware of. But yeah, so I think I've been easing back in seeing people, which has been really good, like small groups. But I'm also not sure about like how I feel about like big group gatherings. Like I was invited to a rafting trip last weekend and then also like a party, like a friend of a friend's birthday party that was supposed to be a lot of people. And I was just kind of like, "Uh, I think I'm going to pass on both of these. Like, I think I'm just like, you know, starting to get back out there. But baby steps. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I, it depends on your level of com- of comfort. We, I've had a few friends text me this weekend saying that this was their first date weekend. You know, oh, like yeah. people are finally going on their first dates after talking to people for the last couple months on um, dating apps. And so I feel like every, I think this weekend we probably saw a surge in people going out. But I think everyone's kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready. So maybe next weekend it'll lessen a bit. I don't know. I think it's it's still like baby steps for a lot of people and you just have to find where your boundaries are. I have a couple boundaries. One is shared plates at, <laughs> you know, at restaurants and the other one was at the Airbnb we stayed at. There was a communal hot tub. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Definitely not touching that either. Yeah, it's like, it's just hard because sometimes you just forget little things. Like, for example, I was like trying to show a friend something on my phone this weekend. And mm-hmm. at first I was going to like hand it over and then I'm like, wait, never mind. Let me read it to you. You know, it's like these like yeah. little instincts that you're just like, ah, like I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't be touching everything or like, yeah, it's uh, so weird. But uh, things are changing. Things are opening up. I still think that we're going to have another round of quarantine later this year. So yeah, I mean, they say that they just don't know. Like there's like um, Dr. Fauci had something out that there might not be a second Mm -hmm. wave. I mean, we just don't know, right? I think the true test is going to be in a couple weeks after all the protests because there were like, I mean, some of them, not the one I was at, but like some of them had like 20,000 people out, right? So seriously, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, I kind of feel like if we don't see a spike after that, that's a good sign. And if we do, then yeah, we might be back in a more limited capacity again. But yeah, who knows? I don't think anyone knows at this point. (laughs) So just take what you can get, right? (laughs) But how you're dealing with the quarantine and the slowly opening up of everything is probably very dependent on your personality type. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I think like, I mean, that brings us to what we're talking about today, which is actually a topic that a lot of people have written in about. I think all of you guys love the psychology ones and we love them too. But I think especially during quarantine, it caused us to kind of like re-examine ourselves a bit, right? It's like, how, what is our personality type? How do I like interact with other people. Like I know like we're going to go into this in a lot more depth, but in introverts, extroverts like means different things in personality types. But I think one of the surprises I had was I always thought I needed to be like around people all the time. And I'm like, I kind of like being like a little more isolated. I'm not going to lie. Like there's definitely some benefits of it. So yeah, you're probably an introverted extrovert. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I get energy from people still, for sure. Yes, and I'm the opposite. I'm an extroverted introvert. I can Mm. be around other people and make other people feel like I'm an extrovert, but they're all energy vampires for me, and I'm just depleted by the the end of the day. Interesting. Yeah, I need, like, a (laughs) cool down. Like, Mm. I've been having a difficulty when I'm on video calls all day to just, Mm -hmm. like, keep doing video, but I think if I saw, like, a friend, I would feel energized by that. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Well, we definitely learn a lot more about each other (laughs) in this episode and our personality types. And I do have to say that at the time of recording this, I had no idea what my Myers-Briggs was. And I took the test and I was exactly what I thought I was. I was going to ask you if you followed (laughs) up. I'm so glad to hear that. I I did. You know, it's interesting because I mean, we'll go into it, but you and I complement each other. We're like opposites Mm -hmm. in various ways. So we'll have to dig into more because I think it's, it's not just your romantic relationships. It's for us. We're friends. We're business partners. There's a lot of other ways 
ways that personality types play in. And、mm-hmm. we've been doing this thing that we give like the predictions, which I think has been really interesting. Of once we recorded the episode, like what do we think is going to happen in the future? And、mm. I personally think in the episode we did talk about like putting your personality type on your dating profile. Oh yeah. And I think there is a danger of just leaning too much into that. But I do think there's going to start to be a world where not just Myers Briggs, but multiple different inputs are basically、mm-hmm. there that will help dating profiles share different qualities that aren't just the presets that are there today.、Mm. I remember from the episode we did in season nine with Logan Yuri about the science of dating. One of the things she said is the reason why that we're fixated so much on like height or education or where someone lives is because that's all we got on d- dating apps. So I do think there is going to be more of like the soft qualities of like who someone is that are integrated in some way. How that gets executed,、mm. TBD. But I think it will be more than just. Myers Briggs. There's so many different versions. Like he, like our guest today, Frank, started going off on some of them. We only had time to really talk about Myers Briggs. Like we could literally、mm-hmm. do episodes for all the different types of tests. So I think there could be a world where they kind of all come together to give more of a holistic sense of who you are. And I want to just add on to that for my prediction, which is I think we'll use personality tests for empathy training and compassion training in the future. And this is actually really relevant to what we're experiencing in the world today. Which is just trying to figure out what the world is like through someone else's shoes, right? Because we we can't be other people, so we must try our best to at least understand a little bit. This is where I think technology can really come in handy. Maybe there's VR that can、mm. help transport us into other personalities, so it could show you what the world is like for like an INTJ, you know? And then you can just press a button, and you can at least somewhat visually see what. How How other people see the world, and we talked about this in in this episode too, Julie. Where sometimes you see other people's actions and their choice of words and behavior, and you question, are they crazy? Why are they so weird? But when they see you and question you in this exact same way, and I guess that's how really empathy is created is when we see other people for who they are and know that they're just different than us.、Right. That's how we create that empathy. So this is a great episode for that and. I really think it's so relevant to what we're going through in the world today,、um, especially with Black Lives Matter. And we had a really great town hall last week through、mm-hmm. our Facebook group, just addressing some of the experiences and having people share what they've encountered and their learnings throughout this whole process. And we definitely don't want this to be a one-week trend for us. We want to keep this at the forefront of what is relevant, and it will always be relevant for us. Yeah. So another. Another shout out to join the Facebook group if you haven't done so yet, because <laughs> we're also bringing back the happy hours. So while the town hall was amazing to hear people's stories and really focus on the issue, one of the kind of benefits of the Facebook group is that it is a really diverse group that we can just put kind of actions into play every day by just interacting with new people that we would never have met outside of this. So yeah, I think people have been really supportive of them. Everyone was like, yeah, let's bring them back. Let's do them. Weekly, so we're gonna have just use Facebook rooms. So yeah, join the group if you haven't already. It's been so so fun to meet all of you. And the other,、uh, I guess, what we really want to do is welcome a lot of our new listeners.、Mm-hmm. So I know there's a lot of you this week as well as last week. Thank you for finding us and joining us. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a review. We really appreciate the reviews, and the more reviews we get, the more awesome guests. We can get, and the more content we can bring to all of you, and also if you like us, tell a friend.、Yes. We love it. Bring in the whole family. Tell them to join Dateable Family. That is a really good full circle too to Frank, who's our guest today. Because when we reached、mm-hmm. out to him, we saw him on YouTube and wanted to really, like we mentioned, we really wanted to cover this topic. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm so excited. I know Dateable. I saw you on like one of the top like podcast lists about dating.、Yay. So it's again, it's the." Ratings and reviews, and yeah, we'd love a review. But if you can even just leave a rating, literally takes、mm-hmm. two seconds. So hopefully five stars, but give us what you feel we deserve. So 
yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give us what you think we deserve. (laughs) What we did do that I think we, everybody deserved the fun of what what happened was uh, we were on a podcast called 51 First Dates. Yes, so fun. With Liza and Kimmy. It was so much fun. That episode is out now. We had a fantastic conversation about pretty much everything. We shared podcasting (laughs) tips. We talked about fuck boys. We talked about like literally everything. So definitely check that out. Yeah, what dating's gonna look like in the future now that we're post-quarantine and still navigating a world of COVID-19. So many different things. And also, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago and you know how content's been getting shifted a lot just given the time. So the episode that we did with Kind Dating is also now live. So if you wanna check us out there too, we talk about like best and worst dating advice that we've gotten. So it's definitely something to check out. All right, Julie, before we get into this convo with Frank, let's hear it from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Alexandra Ivy, Intended Victim. Sounds juicy, right? New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivy proves her powers to terrify and titillate with a thrilling novel of pure romantic suspense about what happens when a vicious killer attempts to punish the one who got away. When lookalike corpses start piling up, one Chicago cop makes it his mission to protect that one, his former fiance, and he'll stop at nothing to put the madman behind bars for good. This book's perfect cocktail of electrifying thrills, complex characters, and taut pacing is certain to captivate readers. If you're a fan of Lisa Jackson or Mary Burton or any true crime podcast, Intended Victim is the book for you. You can find Intended Victim by Alexandra Ivy wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Okay, now let's get to our juicy conversation with Frank James. So today we've got Frank James here. He is 32 years old from the Washington, D.C. area. He's been there forever, originally from there. And he is talking about how quarantine has got us evaluating our own personality types and our partners and thinking about future partners. And he has a very popular comedy YouTube channel about personality types. And he's here to tell us how to understand this, how to use this power for good, and how we can use our personality types to improve communication in relationships. But Frank, what got you interested in personality types in the first place? Well, UA Julie, thank you for having me on the podcast, first of all. Uh, what got me into it, it was very accidental. I was just told about it by uh, my brother. He was hanging out with some friends and he said, oh, we were talking about personality types, Myers-Briggs. We think you might be this type. So that was like in the back of my head for a while, simmering, marinating. And uh, after a while, I was like, maybe I should take this test, see what it's all about. <laughs> I found one online, took it, and I got INFJ as my type. And then I went back to my brother and said, what type did you say you thought I was? And he was like, INFJ. So that was like a moment. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a moment where I was like, aha, maybe there's something to this. And uh, I just started to research it. And I was going through a period in my life where I was like, I didn't have much else going on. So I was like... It's <laughs> like I, quarantine. Pick yeah, up new bas- things, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was just trying to figure, you know, figure myself out. I was going through kind of like a, a, a bit of a rough time, not knowing what I was doing with my life. So... It just eventually evolved into me making YouTube videos about it, and then people watched it. So I kept making more, and here I am today. Before we go into dating with personality types, because that's obviously why we're here today, but I feel like a lot of people, myself included, might not even know the difference between the uh, Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. (laughs) The Enneagram. So can you kind of break that down for us? Yeah, so there's a few different personality systems that people are probably hearing about. Myers-Briggs, I think, is maybe the most popular, and that has 16 types. And it actually goes back to the work of Carl Jung back uh, in the early 1900s, dividing people up based on the preferences of how they view the world, like how they view reality, and then how they make decisions based on that. And then the Enneagram is a whole different thing that has nine different types. And that's based more on like your innate fear in life, the thing that's driving Mm. you, the thing you're trying to get away from all the time and the thing that you're always aspiring toward. 
Uh, and that's that's very popular as well. And then there's the big five, which is a little less sexy, but it's scientific <laughs> also, where there's five personality traits that people can measure to kind of statistically say where you fall relative to everyone else. So do you have one that you focus on or are you kind of like an equal opportunity uh, well, <laughs> employer here? <laughs> I like I like all of them, but I think Myers-Briggs is uh, what my my biggest interest in and where most of my expertise is. Do you remember back in the day when personality types and these personality tests were basically learning about your astrology? I mean, like, I, yeah. I really think it was just one of those things like you get drunk at a party. You're like, <laughs> well, hey, what's your personality types? But then now I think it's so much more prevalent because employers are using it right. for part of their recruiting. People use it for compatibility. Why do you think it's so important to know and recognize your personality type? Yeah, that's a good point and a lot of people draw the comparison still to horoscopes and I think that's because people could take it like a horoscope where you just take some random test you read a profile that's very positive and makes you feel good about yourself and then you're like oh great that's my type yeah and then you get drunk at a party and you talk about it uh, but uh, but when you really start to dig into it um, it's a really good tool for self-development, especially figuring out your blind spots, because with every type, sure, there is a nice profile that says all the things that you do great and why you're a special mm. person. But there is the, like a dark side to every type with stuff that they just you could say their weaknesses, you could say things that they don't feel responsible for. And so they leave kind of these voids in their life that cause recurring problems. And so I think when you start to really learn like the nuts and bolts of your type, then you can you can begin a very meaningful journey, if I might use that word, <laughs> towards <laughs> uh, developing yourself, you know, and becoming like a more well-rounded person who is basically responsible for every area of life when it comes to, you know, how are you taking in information and then how are you making judgments based on that? Another tool in your toolbox, basically. Yeah, exactly. So we could probably do a whole episode about all the different types of yeah. all the ones you just mentioned. But since Myers-Briggs is kind of your expertise, maybe we'll focus this around that. Sounds Can you good. kind of just like high level break down the 16 personality types, like just in a more summarizing? <laughs> I know that's probably super hard, but yeah, well, I, know. Uh, I take notes. Two seconds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have more well, than that. but <laughs> I guess what I mean. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things that you could go into and people who know a lot about it would probably the I'll explain it in such a way where people who know a lot will be like that's not the full story but it's like you don't need the full story right now uh, right. But, right. there's other podcasts for that yeah, yeah. other podcasts you just <laughs> check out my YouTube. channel yeah, yeah exactly um, so in Myers-Briggs each type has four letters in it so I said my type is INFJ so maybe the best way to do it would be to just go through each letter and there's two options for each letter in the type and I'll explain in a in as easy way as I can what they all mean okay. so the first letter is either I or E which means introvert or extrovert it's a little bit different in Myers-Briggs than it is in the common meaning of those words because introvert means like concerned with the inner world looking inwards and extrovert is concerned with the outer world looking outwards. So that's the first letter. Then the second letter is either N or S, which stands for intuition or sensing. And those are the ways that we perceive the world, uh, perceive reality. Sensing is pretty easy. It's just the five senses. How do we take in the information that is in the concrete world? Then intuition is like the patterns, the concepts, maybe the underlying meanings. So it's a little bit beyond just what we can experience with our senses. And the next letter, the third letter is either F or T, feeling or thinking. That's how we make decisions. And feeling isn't just emotion, but it's more like uh, what value do we place on things, good or bad, like or dislike. Thinking is the logic, does this make sense, does this work? And then the last letter is probably the most sketchy one. It's J or P, which means judging or perceiving. And generally, the judging types are more like organizers. They like to organize and limit things. And the, uh, the P types are perceivers, and they like to gather. So they're a bit more chaotic, maybe a bit more fun, you might say. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's like the very quick, uh, incomplete 
rundown of it. And it's important to note that a common thing that people say against Myers-Briggs is that it's putting people into boxes because you don't just do all feeling or all sensing or whatever. And yeah, everybody does all of that. Everyone has an inner world and an outer world. But we're just talking about preferences like most of the time. What do you rely on? What do you go to when you have to make a decision? What information do you rely on most? So uh, I hope that was high level enough. <laughs> Didn't no, get too lost in the perfect. weeds. That was you perfect. can be our guinea pig for this for anyone who's not super familiar. So you're INFJ, which means introvert, intuition, feeling, and Judge, ju- yeah, ju- uh, you judging judgy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm judgy. I'm judgy. Yeah, I mean, you can take that the J part to mean like you know I like to be a bit more controlled, a bit more organized in in the information and things mm. like that. G- give us an example. Give us an example. Well, it's sort of like for my type, any IJ type is really going to want to do this where all the information in the world that I see kind of has to be boiled down to one thing. Like I'm always trying to pull everything together to like come back to one idea. Uh, and that that's like a very uh, simple, probably sounds like kind of hippy-dippy stuff. In a very practical way, I'm not spontaneous. If I'm spontaneous, mm. I have to have like three things that, I, that I'm choosing from to be spontaneous, you know? Um, mm. So that's like a more practical way of, of And you have to it. schedule it in, like be spontaneous on Friday. At right, weekend. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how does that play into your dating life or relationship life? I'd love to hear how like you see your personality transferring over. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing and what I have tried to do like work more towards is I don't like to do a lot of what you might call gathering like I the the whole process of dating going through the apps meeting people is a lot of gathering new information and having to sort through a bunch of stuff. And that's always been very exhausting. And so I've been the kind of guy who generally just tries to date as little as possible and just get into a relationship with maybe the first person that I go on a date with who doesn't annoy me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're not like a like a serial dater type. I'm no, not at all. And uh, so that's what I've been trying to work toward is getting more toward the go on several coffee dates, you know, meet a lot of people, have, you know, broaden the net, talk to people that I might not normally think are my cup of tea. And I think a lot of people do that naturally. I've heard of people who just like they're on dates all the Mm -hmm. time and maybe they need to go the opposite direction and maybe, you know, limit things down a little bit. But for me, I need to go from this very narrow field that I'm always looking at and, and broaden it outwards. But I guess what you were talking about, Frank, earlier with blind spots, your blind spot as a as a J in this, is that you may you may not be open uh, opening yourself up to like more options out there, right? And you're because you, you want more control of the situation, and sometimes love is not in a controlled environment, right? So it might be harder that way. Ua, do you know yours? I do not. I've never actually taken the test, but I'm just guessing what I am and I'll take the test afterwards just to see if I'm right. Uh-huh. I've taken the test a long time ago and I don't remember. I would say I'm probably a P in this situation, more perceiving because I don't have control and I'm okay letting go of control. Yeah. But I do think my blind spot in this arena would be that sometimes I have a really hard time making decisions Yeah. because I'm constantly asking, ooh, give me more. I'm curious about this. Now mm. that opens up another door and I end up not having boundaries and limits. Right. So that's where I need to narrow it down. What about you, Julie? I'm an ENTJ. So I'd love to hear how that breaks down <laughs> in dating. TJ. Okay. So you're J. You're uh, J with Frank. Yeah. Okay. So you're more we're of judging the control. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Judging yeah. together. Let's. I, I love how we're working backwards. Most people go from the I yeah. and the E, but no, we're going backwards. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, I'm more extroverted. Okay. So then, all right, let's go to the I and the E since we're on that. So Frank, you're an I, you're introvert. And it's not exactly what people think it means. It's not like you're at a party and you're like a loner sitting right. at a, against a wall talking to a wall. Uh, what what do you think are the key differences between the I and the E in terms of dating, I guess? Oh, in terms of dating, I think a lot of times what it is is that extroverts are kind of always looking. I mean, it, 
depending on type, it's it's always different. But in the most general sense, the extroverts are looking first and foremost at either the other person or like the experience outside of them. Whereas the introvert mm. is looking first and foremost at like, what do I want? Or is it what do I think is going on here? What, what are my impressions of the person? And I think the E types tend to be just more like looking outward first before they look inward to say, what do I think? Whereas the introverts are like a, a weird other way around where it's like, how do I feel about this first? Okay, now let me see if they can prove differently. That's fascinating because I feel like this is something I a pattern I had to unlearn is that I would always be wondering on dates like what does this person think of me and yeah. I never thought like what do I actually think about them so that was probably like some of that e coming through. Oh yeah, especially if mm. you are an ej, that's like a bit like because when you take the first and last letter together, that's like a way of kind of clumping all the types together in four uh, ah. four groups. So the ejs in particular, yeah, that is like an ej thing where it's like just always. <laughs> worried what are they thinking about me right <laughs> um because your whole thing is the way you operate in the world is to is to be trying to bounce things off of other people all the time rather than go to yourself first so then it causes this fear mm. that's sort of like the blind spot in a way this fear mm -hmm. of like oh crap what's gonna happen when you know the spotlight's on me you know interesting and wow. i think like probably to what your point was earlier where you said that you might have to like work on having more coffee dates and like and being open to more of that social interaction i feel like i could literally go and talk to anyone like i yeah. have no problem with that but it's more of maybe fine-tuning that a little right so i'm like going on dates where it's people that i'm actually excited about and vice versa and not just coming out of it like oh that was great but it, it's not going anywhere yeah exactly hmm. i mean there's and there's so many other things that go into it with each type. And I also want to like point out that type doesn't necessarily explain everything. Like you right. can have people of mm -hmm, the same right. type who have different hangups about things just based on like their experiences with dating, etc. So that I just want to point that out really quick. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. 
Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There, there are lots of yes and but right. for all yeah. of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we can't all be the, you know, categorized in right. the same. I mean, you said it earlier, like our entire personalities aren't going to be summarized by four letters. Right. Like, and there's we are, no uh, way. <laughs> yeah. And it's obvious there's more than 16 types of people in the world. We've met, right. them, sure. you, we've met more than 16 different types of people. So you got to broaden your idea of like what's, what it's actually trying to describe. But it does. It, they are like very fundamental things also. Like just what, how do you perceive reality? It's a very fundamental thing. I also want to go back to the I and E because we talked about the E, but I think the I, the blind spot, which I think I'm an I and I other people would disagree, but I'm definitely introvert in the sense that I'm so in my head yeah. and I think way too much mm. and I, I almost check in with myself a little too much that I don't trust uh, other people yeah. and I don't trust universal signs. I always have to check back in with myself and the blind spot is I can't get out of my head sometimes mm. when it comes to dating. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And you said P before, right? Um, yes, that's definitely I'm an, IP. an IP thing. The IP <laughs> blind spot is, you know, just going so all in on your own what you think is right, what you feel or what you think that uh, you just like disregard what other people are telling you. The way that I've described it on my channel is like an IP will be walking down a trail and someone will be coming the other direction and say, and say, hey, it splits off later. Don't go left because it's a really rough terrain. And so the IP will be like, okay, great, sounds good. And then they'll go left anyway because they're like, I'm not listening to him. I want to go left. Oh my left. God, that, that's so, so UA. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much me. Yeah. I'm so bad with authority. I'm so bad with other people telling me what to do yeah. or, to tell, or warning me. That's why my parents had a really hard time raising me. Uh, but that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. So Julie, did you know you were such an EJ while I'm such an IP? That's so interesting that we're like the opposite. <laughs> we're opposites, the opposite. Opposites attract. Um, but I guess yeah. like, what other thing I mean I mentioned one about potentially like over committing socially for yeah. dating for the E is there any other drawbacks that you should watch out for if you are an E when it comes to dating for an E type yeah I mean over committing which uh, could be something that EJs in particular would deal with uh, E's can also just have a problem with keeping it all together like keeping it all structured following through with commitments and things like that mm. just having so many things they want to do because mm. uh, EP in particular get bored very easily and so they mm. just want to keep going from you know experience to experience and in dating you know if an EP is trying to like date seriously and find a relationship it can be difficult for them to actually like buckle down and say okay I'm gonna see this person again you know instead of going to someone new right. and see what what's there or even just like forgetting oh crap I scheduled you know five dates on this one day <laughs> things like that <laughs> Uh, mm. So those can be blind spots of E-types just in general. Okay, so let's go through these middle letters now. Um, I want to hear more about the them. The N or the <laughs> S. Let's start with the intuition. Yeah, and this is a contentious one. Once you start like once you start to get into the online communities with Myers-Briggs, you start to find that there are a lot of like stereotypes and stuff. And so everyone like wants to be intuitive because it just sounds cooler. Uh, but, but, <laughs> it sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, 
because, you know, sensing is easy to comprehend. It's just like, what's around us? What are the facts? But intuition is like a little bit more, you know, up in the air, a bit more mystical. And it really is, if you want to really get it super simplified, it's just relying more on the patterns that you've seen and the concepts that you know are in the world rather than the facts that are in front of you. So, I mean, and that's a big thing in dating too that can throw you off when you meet people and you're like, I see where this is going. Even if mm. even if who you're seeing is like nothing like anyone else you've seen, you can accidentally put together patterns of how things are going to unfold and like exit maybe when you shouldn't have or maybe the other way mm. around where you overcommit because you're like, oh, things, you know, I see how these things all fit together. That is a really stellar point because people who want to be intuitive and say that I'm very intuitive doesn't necessarily mean that your intuition is right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the disconnect is that we all want to be intuitive, but it doesn't mean that it could just mean that we're making up stories. I, I think I'm intuitive in the sense that I make up stories about people when I date them. Yeah. And I ignore the red flags. And those are the <laughs> facts that are put in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's that's a thing where people can be like, how do you just ignore facts? And it's not that we don't necessarily see them. It's just that when we're thinking about what am I most responsible to, the fact that I see right in front of me or the pattern that I have seen that, you know, I think is continuing here or the concept that I have created in my brain or that I've seen in the world that always seems to be at play. What do I trust more? What do I feel more responsible to following? We're all ends in this group. I was going to be like, oh, I feel like I just am exactly what you described to me. That's not my letter, but now it is. Yeah, it's a little confusing because it starts with I, but you know, yeah, I is already taken yeah. by introvert, so we have to go with N, yeah. So what is sensing? Yeah, like what qualities show up there in terms of dating? Yeah, I mean, the, the sensors are going to be the drawbacks that they might have is being too focused on appearances, perhaps, or being too focused on mm. just like the experiences that you're having with the other person, rather than just seeing like, how can things unfold a bit more? The sensors their blind spot, I guess, is not understanding why things are happening sometimes because the intuition mm. often un explains the why. Mm. So the sensors will know, I see what's happening in front of me, but I don't maybe understand why. So they can also not see red flags because they'll be mm. like, oh, I see that this person I'm dating does X, Y, Z thing and all these other people I've dated have done it. But, oh, this probably doesn't mean anything. There's probably no pattern here. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that can be pitfalls that they have. And of course, nobody does all one or all the other, but it's still at the end of the day, when what do you prefer to rely on? The facts you see in front of you or the recurring patterns that have happened? God, oh, yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like they don't read in between the lines sometimes. Yeah. So they miss some of the connections that they should be making in their head. Okay. Well, we definitely see a lot of people that come to us with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think I'm probably like 30% that sometimes too. Yeah. Just not reading between the lines. Right. Yeah. Or if you've ever been on a date with somebody and it just seems like there's you you don't understand each other because you're talking about maybe like, uh, you know, you're having a little bit of fun with some imaginative things that you're putting out there that don't have much basis in in the real world. And they're just like not having it. That <laughs> that, uh -huh. that might be a mismatch based on, you know, intuition and sensing. So. We also have had these uh, episodes where we have t different perceptions of the first date or a date. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you have like a mismatch here, that could definitely be when one person walks yes. away and is like, this was the best date ever. The other person's <laughs> like, I never want to see that person again. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how those those things can happen. And, that, you know, that's the type as a whole, depending on what they've got going on. Some types are better at reading other people or not better at it, but it's like they that's what they're hyper focused on is like reading mm. what's going on with other people. And some types don't care about that. That can be why that mix up happens. Hmm. Next, shall we go down the line? Yeah. Let's Next do it. is a feeling or thinking f or t yeah i think this is the easier one to understand basically when people are making decisions do they look at 
the value is this good or bad is not not so much ethical value but like just valuation good or bad like or dislike it can be either be do i like it or does everyone else like it one or the other and thinking is does this work is this a good idea mm. does this make sense what's interesting is that i found that people can be a thinking type but be convinced they're a feeler because there a lot of times it's this, <laughs> it, it's very Sim or the other way around, people who yeah. are feelers are convinced they're thinkers because the decision-making process can often arrive at the same conclusions. And of course, thinkers still want to make sure people are happy. Like, let me do the thing that'll make people happy. But ultimately, what they feel the most responsibility for is, does this make sense? A thinker will. Mm. And for feelers, they might be like, I'm just doing what makes sense. But it's really like, but the most important thing is, is everyone happy with this? <laughs> Does everyone like this? Uh. So sometimes people are obvious about it, but it can be hard to see in yourself sometimes. I always feel like I'm more emotionally driven than analytical. Yeah. But I am actually a thinker in this, at least. Yeah. And mm. I think it's exactly that is that I'm not thinking about like, how does everyone feel? I'm thinking more of like my, my own feelings and emotions. And that might not be really like the definition of feeling as much. Right. Well, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, and each like if you go into adva the advanced, you know, the honors uh, <laughs> the 204 class, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, each type is made up of cognitive functions, which is probably too in the weeds for this discussion. But an EJ still has a feeling function and it is introverted. So they have an extroverted thinking function, which is how they prefer to make decisions. But they're still very aware of how they feel. It's just like when it comes down to it, I'm going to go with what seems to be making sense mm. with everyone else. What is everyone else telling me works? And then what I feel about it. Like, I hope it lines up. I hope what they think lines up with what I feel. And if it does, great. But ultimately, I just have to go with what they want. And uh, hmm. yeah, so everyone is a thinker. Everyone's a feeler. Everyone's got all of it. And you're, Frank, you're a feeler. Yeah. In what way when it comes to dating? I mean, with me, <laughs> with me in particular, and I also don't want to read too much of my personal experience into the type as a whole, but feelers can oftentimes be kind of shapeshifters and want to just kind of get along and mm. be a little bit more hesitant to show their true colors, especially feelers who are IJs or EJs. They might not let their true self come out very much. And so... I've had mm. a lot of experiences where people like that, that uh, mismatch on a date where people thought it was going great. And I was kind of just like, uh, <laughs> you know, people thought oh. I was, people read a lot into me. Yeah, uh, that <sighs> um, I was really like into them, etc. But I was just kind of like playing along to make sure that everyone felt good in the moment. My ex was like that. <laughs> he was totally Aww. like that. He told me that he like met on so many dates before when we dated. He would be like, this is terrible. But he was just <laughs> so like nice and just couldn't like ever not, you know, just be there. Yeah. And the girls would like think that they had like this like riveting connection. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And so for, you know, for me as a feeler, I've got to learn how to be a little bit more blunt and just and be okay with people being upset, which is a difficult you know, lesson to learn, I think, for a lot of people. And uh, for the feelers who are who are more introverted, the IPs and the EPs, their feeling is more like inward focused. For them, the problem can can be more like just going with their feeling at the expense of other people, although they are still like feelers in general are very agreeable people, very nice people. But they'll have a harder time faking it, I think. Mm. Yeah, so my ex, he was he told me this story how he met this girl just like knew it was like they just didn't agree like about anything like political or just yeah. like any you know core things that would make someone a partner but then he stayed out with her like all night and then she <laughs> oh. thought like so, like at the end of the night she's like oh are you coming home with me and he's like no but like i'm like why would you do that like from yeah. my perspective like i couldn't even fathom like why someone would do that mm. like i would have been out of there in like an hour maybe you know, yeah. like I would not have stayed. But to him, his point was like my personality. I'm just I can't say I'm like not having a good time and I'll just kind of do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've been there. <laughs> do you think feelers have a higher chance of building up resentment? Because they're kind of they're almost like sacrificing themselves to 
appease the other people around them or just to avoid conflict. Yeah, they can. I mean, uh, some feelers are better at diving into conflict than others. And some seem like they are, but ultimately it is kind of a danger for feelers that they either don't want to express what they really think or they actually just are so used to going along with other people that they never have time to even think about their own feelings or thoughts about something because they're just trying to, you know, make the other people happy. That is definitely an issue that the feelers can have where, and the thinkers can have the opposite problem where you maybe need to sugarcoat things a little bit more, you know, maybe mm. maybe do a little bit of, uh, you know, white lies, you know, to grease the social wheels, etc. Mm. I'm definitely a, I think I'm definitely a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little blunt sometimes. <laughs> you wouldn't Maybe stay out too... all night with someone that you had no interest in? Yeah. And I have been told that it's, you can tell on my face. Oh, like, yeah. I just can't. I just have this disgust. Look of disgust. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen you hold conversations in for a dating. while. Maybe, okay. Maybe in that's dating. what it is. Because I'm like, yes. there's been times that I'm like, oh, you guys really engaging with this person. Then you came over and you were like, that was terrible. I hate that person. I know, yeah. and I'm like, what? I was like, I yeah. would have like come over, but it looks like you guys were like in the conversation. <laughs> I'm a feeler in everything but dating. In dating, I'm like, I don't like you, get out my face. Yeah. Or I really like you, but in in everything else, I just smile and I act like I'm obsessed with everyone when I'm secretly hating them because I'm introvert and I'd rather go home. So my friends in college <laughs> used to give me a nickname called scrunchy face because I would just make this nose <laughs> do, like nose movement if I like didn't like something. I think I wear my emotions like completely on my face no matter who I'm with. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I absolutely think so. So we went down the line. I I think I am in uh I what did I say? INTP. That's what I am. INTP. Well, you got to take the test to confirm, but yeah. We do. We do. That's my <laughs> hypothesis. I'm INTP, I think. Julie, you're ENTJ. Yep. And Frank, you're INFJ. Okay, so we're all different. That's great. But I, we got a nice little representation here. Right. So with this information, we're equipped with all these skills. What do we do with them? Obviously, we can talk about the blind spots for each and everything. But it's like, first of all, how do we take in this information? And then what are the next steps? Yeah, there's so many different ways to go about it. Because from a, a simplistic overview, the NT types... Uh, which both of you are, well, you know, yet to be confirmed. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, the NT types generally need to, like, focus a bit more on their SF side, on their sensing and feeling side to try to develop. Oh, it's like SF side? Yeah, the, the San Francisco, San Francisco side. side. <laughs> because, We're yeah. here for a reason. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like this, the, the stuff in the, the feelings in the real world, mm -hmm. in the concrete world. Like that's, I mean, and that sounds so general, but once you start to really think about it and reflect on your life, you can start to see how, oh, yeah, in this situation, especially if you are trying to be vigilant in your everyday life and catch yourself and like analyze why you're doing things, you'll start to realize, oh yeah, I am putting the thinking way in front of the feeling and maybe I should dial it back and like do a little bit of feeling here. Maybe mm. I should try to be a little bit more uh, agreeable with people and just go along with what they, what makes them, you know, what, what they think is good, etc. So mm. how do you think this plays out with like partner selection? Do you think like opposites attract or do you think it's people that are have similar personality makeups? Yeah, that is a good question. And I've heard a lot of different theories. And like a lot of people say you got to have at least a few letters in common. And if the two middle letters are the same, that's good because it's sort of like you you see the world and act in it in very similar ways. So you can you mm. can get each other on that level. There's also something to be said for when you get into the more advanced stuff that having people who are kind of more opposite, who have different letters than you. For example, an IJ type, which is, you know, very controlled and organized, matching up with an EP type who's like more all over the place, that can be really good chemistry where, yeah, opposites attract. You bring out a mm. lot of different stuff in each other. And uh, on my channel, that's like the vast majority of questions I get. I do live streams on my channel on Saturdays and people are asking me all these questions about dating and how do these types match up. <laughs> and I try to tell people like ultimately 
you can be partners with anybody, like any type pairing could work because ultimately if you can trust someone and communicate with them, that's what a relationship needs. But the type uh, aspect, the type dynamics can give you a little bit of extra spark or maybe turn you off from someone from the get-go, can make communication a little bit easier. So in, like in the most general sense, I would say having at least one of the two letters in the middle being mm -hmm. the same can mm -hmm. help making things start off with a good spark. When, once you become aware of this stuff, which is why it's a little bit dangerous to get into typology because you can't get it out of your mind after, you, <laughs> after you've learned it a bit, but you start to meet people and you realize, I'm not getting along with this person and why is that? And you realize, oh, I'm an NF type. They seem to be, at least in this moment, acting like an ST type. Like we're not talking the same language at all. Mm -hmm. um, or you could be like, why am I getting along with this person so well? Oh, we both have uh, the same uh, middle letters, the NF stuff going on. Or for you guys, maybe you get along so well because it's you have the NT in the middle. You both are mm. doing the intuition and the thinking. You get each other on that level. In dating, I think the biggest thing that you can take away from it, even if even if we're not like looking at specific type pairings, is just realizing people are different. And instead of being like, "Oh, they're weird," like they're they're weirdos, I can't get along mm -hmm. with them because they don't, you know, something's wrong with them. You start to realize, "Oh, it's their type," and you can do these weird things, these little experiments where you're like, "I think this person." is this type, I'm going to kind of talk to them in their language and see how they respond. And in my experience, I found like, oh, I can get along with them a lot better because I've kind of mm. guessed at what type they might be and guessed, you know, somewhat right. And that got me a little bit further along to understanding them, to getting along with them. And generally, that's what I think is the best thing about typology, besides the self-development part, is understanding others, having more patience for others, being able to uh, realize that they just see things differently. They make decisions differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, that can be very powerful in dating to open you up to new possibilities of partners. And it could also be just good in everyday life with friends, with coworkers, etc. Yeah, and I would imagine managing like conflicts that yeah. could help mm -hmm. like when you are in an actual relationship, like understanding where they're coming from a little better could really help kind of guide that along. Right. Because and the the other thing is like, you know, the, each type has blind spots and those blind spots come with fears because it's almost like you instinctively know you have a blind spot. And so you'll have certain people who are freaking out about something that you would never freak out about. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, OK, your computer doesn't work. Why are you freaking out about that? But to them, it's very real, you know, or it's right. like someone else freaks out because someone said something mean to them at, uh, you know, the store. And to you, it's like, okay, I can see that's a little upsetting, but why are you fuming about it two days mm. later? But to them, it's like a very real thing. And mm. it can help to just have more compassion for people to realize they're not just weird. <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> It's coming from that very innate uh, type fear that they have. Ah, oh, that's really fascinating. So do you, in your experience, do you think that this sort of learning each other's language and developing compassion, empathy works across the board or are there certain types that should just not match with the other type yeah they're just a bad cocktail of types i would no i don't think that there are any two types that should never ever get together but i think that there are types where it's going to be maybe a little bit of a struggle <laughs> but it, it all really depends if you're i think it's a lot different if you get to know someone in like an organic way in real life as opposed to meeting on the apps I think when you're doing kind of the, uh, you know, app kind of dating where you're really trying to sort through people quickly, type becomes more apparent and it's harder to get along with people who are very different. Whereas if you meet someone like through some kind of club you're in where you just happen to be around them all the time and you build experiences together, you could be incompatible, quote unquote, types, but still mm. get along because you have... Mm. The, these shared experiences and you got to know each other without the pressure of, uh, oh, crap, I got to figure out who's going to be my partner forever. So, mm. um, yeah, so I would never say don't match with someone because it's your type. In fact, I would say maybe the worst match is your own type because you're so similar 
that you <laughs> you might like it might be like the blind leading the blind you know <laughs> it you might each other crazy. lead each other off a cliff there do you think people should put their personality type in their dating profiles that is a really interesting question because <laughs> i i've seen it a lot on the profiles uh-huh. and my reaction is I don't want to see it. Oh, <laughs> even, oh you don't want no, to see it. Even as a guy who is like really into it, it's because I feel like a lot of people use it as like a shorthand for here's who I am. And then they don't put a lot of work into their uh, stuff. Got it. I think you can put it in there in a way, you know, if you have a good profile already and as like a quirky, fun thing, you're like, you know, I love personality stuff. Here's my type. What's yours? That could be a good conversation starter. But I see so many people who just say, I'm an INTJ. And then like, it's like, okay, just leave that it. Doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean much. Because it's also like people, you know, when you take tests online, unless you're being very honest with yourself and the answers, you could get the wrong, the wrong right. answer. Mm-hmm. So people telling me their type doesn't tell me a whole lot. We did something like this at work, and I remember, like, before they gave you your results, they were like, we do not want to hear people being like, I am this, I am this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't define you as a person, right? It's right. just an insight into your personality. So I think just we should kick off some takeaways, and then I definitely want to leave people with resources where they can learn some more. But I think, like, my biggest takeaway from this whole conversation is use the personality types to learn more about yourself. And understand your blind spots, especially when it comes to dating, and see where you can kind of gain more empathy for other people, gain more empathy for yourself through it. And then also like use this when you're actually in a relationship to understand the person or to at least start a conversation. Maybe you won't understand everything from their letters, but it can at least give you perspective of where they're coming from. So you can frame the conversations in a way that is healthy that you guys can kind of further discuss what can work for you as a couple. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a really great takeaway. I think I would piggyback on that and say that it's so great to be equipped with these tools and to learn more about yourself and the people around you, but also know it's capturing you at a moment in time. Mm. It could be your personality right now, going through quarantine, during COVID, during a time of social injustice. And I think it's good to do these tests every three to six months and you can track your patterns. Maybe you just go more the NT, but your IP changes quite a bit. That's a great way to learn about the patterns that you are creating for yourself. And I think the what you said, Frank, about um, creating empathy and compassion about the other people where you think they might be weird or <laughs> I can't believe they think that yeah. way. That's such a great point. And one, I think one tool we can really use is to go back to the Myers-Briggs test and these personality tests. And when you check your your answer for each question, look at the options for the other answers and put yourself in those answers shoes and think, oh, if I were to check this box, how would I view the world now? I actually think the tests, the answers that you don't check provide so much more insight into the world and the people around you. And I think we can use that as a tool as well. Yeah, that is a really great point because I think sometimes when we take those tests, we're like, oh, they just put those answers there as like, you know, <laughs> joke answers. Who would ever do that? You know? Right. <laughs> but when they're not, right? Right. Someone, not, someone actually a- is actually them. selecting right. them. Yeah. Right. And especially as we're talking about this in re- relation to dating, the odds of you being with someone that is exactly your type, and that might not even be good in the scheme of yeah. things to be with someone identical to you. It's even more important to see what the other options are so you can start relating to people. Right. To Absolutely. see like the sp- spectrum of the way that people are are seeing the world and the spectrum of how they can be wired. Yeah, it's very right. important. So I know you live and breathe this stuff, but yeah. do you have any takeaways that you are last parting <laughs> words that you want to share with everyone with uh, personality types and dating? Uh, I think it's good to have this as a tool in your back pocket. I don't think that it's the end all be all. I know a lot of people like get really, you know, into it. I think it's like a shortcut for many people. They're like, dating is so hard. I need a shortcut to find who's my right person. And personality stuff isn't so much going to, you know, be the magic bullet for you, but it can definitely help with a lot of other uh things you can do to be working on yourself and helping to understand other people. So just want to emphasize that 
like I've said many times before. <laughs> and I say it because so many detractors make it sound like us enthusiasts of personality types are trying to say like it's everything. It's not everything, but it's a lot and it helps. Mm -hmm. And if people want to join your live stream, that's on Saturdays at what time? Uh, usually it is around... It's Usually. <laughs> I, I feel up for it. Yeah, it's... Uh, You're such an INFJ. <laughs> hey, I, tried, I do it at noon on Saturdays, noon East Coast time in the US on Saturdays. And uh, the short link to get to my channel on YouTube is infj.me slash sub, S-U-B. And they can also just look up your name on YouTube too, Frank James. It, yeah, if you just go to YouTube and type in Frank James, my face will pop up everywhere. My face from <laughs> two years ago when I had long, greasy hair, as well as my face now when I have a more uh, a better haircut. So. And that's how we found you because your videos are hilarious, too. I think that's the thing so is good. like we wanted a mix of someone that knew their shit and knew what they were talking about, yeah. but also someone that could deliver it in an entertaining and relatable way. I just love that if someone Googles you, that this article on Quora pops up where someone, they're like arguing if you're actually an INFJ. Yeah, <laughs> like someone's like, did you know he's, he, I really think he's an INFP. And I don't, I don't believe this. He, he's an oh INFJ. There's like a, yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a scandal, of, Frank. It's a point of contention. A lot of people in the Myers-Briggs uh, world online, they like to debate type. It would make a good story if I was mistyped, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, if that's your biggest scandal that comes out, I think you're in good shape. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you're good. You can still sleep at night. <laughs> Outside of your YouTube channel, do you have any other like resources that have helped you that could like help other people just get more awareness? Yeah, I've learned through a lot of different means. And I think if we, you know, online, there are a ton of different places that pop up. I know that Truity is one, T-R-U-I-T-Y.com mm -hmm. is one that comes up as a good resource for people. I have a buddy, his name is Eric Thor, Eric with a K, T-H-O-R. He has like his own thing going on and it's a bit more advanced, but he has a lot of good stuff. I've learned a lot from another program called Objective Personality. They have a class. They, The thing is, once you get into it, you realize there's a, everyone has their own take on it. And then if you just get a book, that can be good. There's like the official Myers-Briggs book that a lot of people read and is a good start is Gifts Differing. And uh, mm. that's like the official if you want the pure stuff. And if you want to go way back, you can read Carl Jung's Psychological Types. And that's where it all started. And it's, it's actually sh kind of short. It's a little bit like difficult to understand if you're a newbie, but it's, uh, it's definitely very insightful. Awesome. Thank you. Fabulous. Thanks so much, Frank. And if you enjoy this episode, enjoyed our conversation with Frank, then please leave us a review in our Apple Podcast. We were able to get Frank because he read the reviews and said, yes, these girls are legit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real podcast. I will go on it. I will give them my time. So the more reviews we get, the more guests like Frank we're able to get as well. And if you don't want to leave us a review, just take two seconds, give us five stars. We won't take anything less. Yeah. It's a free country. <laughs> Whatever we had such do. a nice moment with Frank when we approached him and he's like, I listened to your podcast. I'm so excited. So I think the more friends you can keep telling about the podcast, that also unlocks better guests and just, you know, just allows us to continue to grow. Yeah. And whether you're an INFJ, ENTJ, INTP, ABCD, whatever <laughs> you are, we want to hear your perspective. This is your platform to tell your stories and share your perspective with everyone else. So if you want to be a guest on our show, just head to our podcast website <laughs> or a website that is about our podcast. It's datablepodcast.com. Thanks again, Frank, for your time. And we'll head over to your YouTube page very shortly after this. Awesome. And we'll Thanks link so it much. in your bio too. So yeah. it'll be in the show notes also. We're going to wrap it up now. Stay Datable! <laughs> the Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay datable and trust us, we look at all those posts. 
Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. 